The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. Browns fans, we talk about how Danger Coffee is made free from mold toxins that are in 45% of the world's coffee, but that's not all that Danger Coffee has to offer. Mineral and nutrient deficiencies are a big deal. They make you feel sick, tired, stressed, and they can give you brain fog. These deficiencies negatively affect your immune system, your digestion, sleep, metabolism. Have you ever wondered why you get an initial burst from your coffee? but then you get that little crash not long after, Danger Coffee's patent-pending process remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals and electrolytes, leaving you more energized, engaged, powerful. These micronutrients enter the cells to boost performance. They bind to toxins to provide detoxification support. I know that sounds like a lot, but the bottom line, guys, is minerals matter. And most of us really don't get enough of them on a daily basis. Danger Coffee delivers micronutrients, plus it gives you access to the minerals you already have. Head to DangerCoffee.com, use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over, so you get 10% off every order you make using code DOGS. It's time to start every day off with a cup of coffee that gets you going and actually keeps you going. DangerCoffee.com. Code dogs. I saw somebody said about uh, Flacco could have played in the first half of the Bengals game. Kenny said something about they missed time. They're either rusty or ready, and they looked rusty. My, my issue here was um, it was a close game till you know the third quarter. If we would have came out and got boat raced from the get go, like maybe, but and you you just couldn't take that chance. If we come out and we play Joe Flacco for a half in the Bengals game and he gets blindside sacked because Leroy Watson's playing left tackle and pops his shoulder and we got to come into this game with either Driscoll or P.J. Walker, you would have never heard the end of it. Nope. Lose their minds. Yep. So I was it, arguing with somebody about this very thing last night, and I said, taking week 18 off doesn't matter. Correct. This, this is professional football. These guys are at the highest level of the sport. They're the best athletes in the world. At this game, coming off a bye is supposed to be seen as a good. Like you don't want to team play a team coming off their bye. Exactly, right. you got an <laughs> extra week to heal up, prepare, yeah. rest, get ready to go, and that's how you came out. That's a team problem right there. Now we love this team. Not saying anything. We've been high on this team all season, as we should have been. They were awesome, but for this game, they were not up for it. You could just tell from the beginning. The, the Texans were up for it, and we were not. I agree with that. I so the crazy thing to me is until like the. The back-to-back pick sixes. I didn't even think the offense looked bad. Like I thought uh, we were. No, that game flipped Flacco in five was plays. Almost perfect. Yeah. What three in, three incompletions or four incompletions? Two. I thought wasn't it two or yeah. three? He I mean, up until that point, I, I was saying that if we go get seven here, um, we're, we're in it. It's a three-point game. Yeah. yeah. Miles, what was kind of an, uh, a little bit of a no-show yesterday, and. Obviously, we think Miles is great. I think he has a good chance to potentially be defensive player of the year. But, man, he fell off a ton again. So, we were talking about that again, too. I posted this on socials because I went back and I, I was like, okay, I know he's only had, like, one sack in the past however long, but I, I really games. wanted to verify. Well, it was six games, seven weeks because okay. he didn't play in the, the Bengals game. Yeah. 
So the first 10 games of the season, he had 13 sacks. Then he goes into Denver, feels the pop in his shoulder, comes out in a sling. We're all thinking he's probably done for the year now. Ever since that game, only one sack over the next six. So you go from 13 sacks in the first 10 to just one over your next six after an injury. I know, guys, it sucks that he does this disappearing thing. We talk about it every offseason. There's always that thing every year for Miles Garrett. And this year it was the shoulder. I mean, he just dropped off after that. But I do think the injury had a lot to play in it. I I said it a couple weeks ago. I thought he had limited range of motion. Strength. Strength and that kind of stuff in the shoulder. And I definitely, like, I wouldn't be shocked to find out if he has surgery or something in the offseason on it. Oh, I'm I'm expecting it. Um, But we, we said it before the season Miles has got to find a way to put an entire season together. And here we are going into another offseason again. And I think when healthy and fresh, he's the most dominant player in football. But, God, we need him for a full season. He, yep. He can't – it's like there's always that one thing, like you said, and it's frustrating because we all know how good Miles is. And to, he gutted it out. He played through injury. He helped rally the troops. I didn't love his answer post game. What he said, I didn't listen. Uh, he said that. we got uh, out coached, outplayed. Like, out just man. say I didn't play better. Yeah, you don't need to say we got out coached. Yeah, I, that's not for a player to say. Yes, I hate that. Like Miles, we don't need cryptic things going into the off season. Just say we. I didn't play well enough. I had zero sacks again. I didn't play well enough to give my team a chance to win. Out coached. I don't think Jim Schwartz was on the field to make the tackle on their tight end going down the sidelines. Right. I don't think Jim Schwartz was the most elite pass rusher in the game going up against a banged up tonsil or a backup for a, a matter of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, don't blame the coaching. I want to talk about the defensive numbers real quick while we're kind of harping on this a little bit. The we, we talked about this last week coming into this game. We're like, hey, we're going on the road in the playoffs. This is a big deal because our defense is night and day this year. And I, I don't understand how our defense can be number one in everything at home. I understand there being a drop-off on the road. There is for every team. But to go from one to like 32, that something's wrong. So at home, we averaged our rush defense 89.6 yards per game. On the road, 123.4. Passing at home, 149 yards a game. And we'd get 3.6 sacks a game. On the road, 225.6 yards per game, just 2.1 sacks. And that brings the total at home, 239 yards per game. And we would give up just 1.4 touchdowns a game at home on defense, on the road, 350 yards per game, over 110 more yards and over three touchdowns a game. I mean, there's something to it. For sure. Terrible. Uh, There's definitely something to it and something to take into next season. I mean, uh, just... For example, some of the games that stand out to me, the Rams game. Yes. The Denver game. Yep. You brought up the Colts game. Yep. Um, you know, last night. It's just there there's something to it. It to me it doesn't make sense. I mean, I know home field is important. Can I right? can I go, go ahead. ahead? I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. I don't want to be that guy, but there's a strong correlation between the teams we played at home and the teams we played on the road. And the quarterbacks we played at home and the quarterbacks we played on the road. I'm not I don't want to say the defense is fraudulent, but if you look at our home games, Bengals, week one, uh, Titans, Niners, uh, Cardinals, uh, the Ravens in week two, um, and they, they steamrolled us. That's true. Um, Steelers, uh, where are, uh, Jaguars, Bears. Bears, and then Jets. Okay. So let's go look at those. 
Bengals, Joe Burrow, you know, one of the better quarterbacks. Banged He's a little up. banged up, yeah. and it rained. Yep. So we're helped by the weather. Next, then we play uh, Kenny Pickett. Well, that was away. But then we play Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. who, you know. Got benched. Yep. Uh, then we got steamrolled by a good quarterback at home. Uh, and then the next best quarterback we played was Brock Purdy. Rain. In the rain. rain. Yep. Okay. Don't have to worry about the deep threat. They also lost Debo and CMC. Uh, then we go on the road. We play a, a good backup quarterback on the Colts. Shreds us. Then we go on the road. The Seahawks. That's right. The Seahawks. Yeah. Okay. And then we get to play the Cardinals at home. Clayton, Clayton Toon's Clayton first Toon. ever game. Yeah. Okay. And then we played the Ravens. That was an away game. Uh, they played pretty well that, that game, actually. Well, they played well in spots. They still gave up 30 <laughs> points or whatever. Well, I don't remember how many turnovers we had. We definitely then, had a pick six. Yep. And then we played <laughs> the Steelers at home. Who was that against? Was that Rudolph? No, nope, that was Pickett. Pick Let's pick uh-huh. it again. Um, and then we play on the road against a Russell Wilson, who even though he got benched for on some stuff, actually had a pretty decent season. Yep. We played against Matthew Stafford on the road and got beat. Uh, then we come home, we play a banged up um, Trevor Lawrence, who uh, we didn't even know was going to play. And he, he didn't even play that well this year. We played the Bears against Justin Fields, who is about to probably not be on the team anymore. And then we played uh, Case Keenum on the road, which helped. And then we get to play Trevor Simeon at home. So if you look at the quarterbacks and the teams we played on the road compared to the quarterbacks and teams we played at home are the easier offenses to play against. That's who we played at home. I think that plays a huge factor in the, the splits. You played Stafford on the road. You played uh, Russell Wilson on the road. You played Geno Smith on the road. We played teams that had good run run games too, and that yes. was also a big issue this year. And then at home, you got to play Clayton Toon, Trevor right. Simeon. Like, there's there, that, that's a big difference. What's up, Browns fans in Ohio? If you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to do so with the NFL playoffs underway. New customers will get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code DOGS1000. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Caesars offers daily profit boosts as well as Caesars rewards credits on every wager, which can be redeemed for bonuses, sports tickets, and other VIP experiences. If you're ready to join Caesar Sportsbook, go download the app and register with our promo code DOGS1000 to make sure your first bet is covered. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. I think we should talk about Joe Flacco for a second. Sure. The guy was, um, he came in. And he was amazing. Yep. He was great in the locker room. He was great in front of the camera. Uh, he was everything we could have wanted a guy. He was a perfect guy to rally around, around to make this playoff push and, and head into the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but there was like crazy talk about how we should be giving him a two year deal. <laughs> like, uh, Who said that? It, every, uh, just people everybody. online. There was a lot of it. Everybody. Of it. And, and here's the deal. Uh, I tried. I tried to bring this up. Uh, even talking to my dad, he was telling me about how Joe Flacco is the wh- the best quarterback we've ever had, and all these. And he's, I said, Dad, he's throwing for a lot of yards, and it, but in two of those games, he scored twenty or less. This was when he had played four games, twenty or less. The guy had 
what, eight or nine picks in seven games? The reason he had to get those yards, especially, I, I always go back to the Bears game. He, he threw 212 yards in the fourth quarter. Amazing. It was like the most in any quarter by any quarterback this whole season, blah, blah, blah. He freaking had to because he handed the Bears 14 points. He yes, had yeah. to. So it's, the, he, he turned the, he, he was playing with house money. Yep. He, mm-hmm. There was no tape on him in this offense. There was, you know what I mean? He was a, he was a complete unknown. And he came in and he balled out and and then clock struck midnight and it was pumpkin. It was terrible picks at the worst times. And I well, felt bad for him because up until that point, he was playing really well in that yeah, game, honestly. Uh, and again, I, I'm not gonna say bad a bad word about Joe Flacco right. in terms of like he didn't he isn't the reason he he's big reason why we're there. That's all I'm gonna say. That's fair. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. uh and he was a perfect guy to rally around, and I'm gonna be forever grateful for him coming in and making this a season worth watching into week uh, 18. Yeah. But, or 19. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we, we, I think it's clear who the f- the future quarterback it's is. It's not even a question. We talked so much leading up to this about all the problems for the Browns Another and how. pick six, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And how we were overcoming certain things with other, you know, Joe Flacco would throw turnovers, but our defense was really good. Defense was giving up points. Joe Flacco's out there scoring touchdowns. And it was all working out just perfectly for us to win the games. And that's great. That's what you have to do in the NFL. But yesterday was the culmination of everything that we said couldn't go wrong for this team. Defense had to travel on the road. That didn't happen. Right. We offense cannot turn the ball over. Most importantly, can't hand them points. We did the opposite of that. Poor officiating. Need to get something on the ground. We not and we, nothing worked. We had all of it went against us. I'll, I'll say this about Joe Flacco. Like for a guy that I would have said over my dead body, <laughs> yeah. I would have never cheered for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even the idea of it. I remember when they even joked around about it. Like they're like, we're going to work Phil Flacco on. And I was like, fuck that. Do you remember the picture of him or somebody's like, somebody snapped a guy, a picture of the future Cleveland quarterback on the plane and it was Flacco and he looked like disheveled and yeah. very old. And like, he was just like tired from being on a plane. I was like, uh, well, and this is where we're at. We well, watched him with the jets and the yeah. Broncos. It's like this guy. So the thing is though, like it came, he came in in a moment where we were like pretty desperate. We were, I mean, obviously we just, yes. we were getting DTR just got knocked out. He was already on the team, but he kind of came in and like reinvigorated the season and gave us hope as Cleveland Browns fans that, you know, maybe like, maybe this doesn't have to just be a, Oh, we had a good record and that's the end of the season. Let's look towards next year. But the things that he did all, the entire time when he was in Cleveland, he always made dangerous throws. He always, yes. you know what I mean? It wasn't like this was like a one-off and it was like, there were some games where he'd throw into triple coverage and then Amari Cooper somehow catch. Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't like, I, like you said, I think finally, like, as a as a whole unit as a whole team like the magic just kind of ran out and i don't think it's like anything to be upset about like I, last night I've, I've seen a bunch of people saying it and i completely agree with all of them i was just more bummed than anything yes because i really felt like and we've all talked why not cleveland this year like mm-hmm. you know what i mean we've beaten the two teams that everybody is crowning and saying that are untouchable in the afc and the nfc why not us this year let's go Let's go shock the world. And so it, it was just unfortunate Blake and just disappointing. said it for weeks. I mean, we both were t- reminding people constantly on social media and stuff. You know, everyone, like you said, give Flacco a two-year deal. Extend him. He needs to be back next year. And we're like, guys, he's turning the ball over a lot. Yes. Like, yes. how are we not, like, why, why is everybody just excusing this? If, if Deshaun would have put up the numbers he put up, 
you, like if if you took out Joe Flacco's name and put Deshaun's face on him, people would say he sucked. Yep. Yeah. They just loved that Joe Flacco wasn't Deshaun and that he was throwing for gaudy yards in terms of uh, yards and touchdowns. And we were winning. We, I mean, yes. that was a big. That was like yes. a big thing with it. You know, whether it was, it wasn't obviously all Joe Flacco, but like that was like a thing where people were like, "Hey, we're like, this is kind of something special going on here." But I never, I argued with people about that every day for the last. For, over the last four weeks, got to get Flacco back. We got to get rid of Deshaun Watson. And I was just like, oh, man. Come on, <laughs> I don't want to get into that debate right now. With no, him. we got no, all like, off season to, yeah. to handle all that stuff. No, but, I'm, but, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I just wanted though. to, yes, I'm very, very appreciative, appreciative of, of uh, what he did for the Browns. Absolutely. We saw it for what it was, I, I feel like. I'd love to buy the guy a beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Cool guy. Yep. Very nice guy. And like you said, never in a million years would have thought I'd be rooting for Joe Flacco. Now I'll be a fan forever. Um, well, with the Browns. With the Browns. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to think about you know, the yeah. all the times you beat Jesus, us. please. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in time, and I'm not going to hold you to it because I'll tell you right now before I tell you my answer, I've already switched my opinion on this in the past week. Do you think the Browns should at least try to sign Joe Flacco to a backup role next year? Um, I do not for a couple of reasons. I think that whether if the fan base likes it or not, whether you know people in the media like it or not, Deshaun Watson is a quarterback. That that's just what it's gonna be. I think this is his make or break year. This is, you know, Baker Mayfield's twenty twenty one season is Deshaun Watson's 2024 season where it's like okay we need to see consistency we need to figure out what you are because if you're not what we think you are we got to start looking elsewhere that's just what it is Deshaun Watson has played in 12 games in two years and you know the first year was obviously due to suspension but that's a problem and to me I don't want to go into this season with you know, this giant number 15 Super Bowl MVP behind the guy who's supposed to be your starter, um, you know, because you know how the media is. It's going to be Deshaun struggles. Hey, Flacco, when's Flacco coming in? And for me, I think it's more beneficial to just not have him there. And that's not Joe Flacco's, that's not Deshaun Watson's fault. I just think it would be better to not have that situation. And also DTR. DTR, I feel like, showed some signs of promise when he did play. Obviously, there was a lot of mistakes, but that kid's got talent, and you just got to trust and believe that he can develop, which I think he can, and I think he will be fine as the backup quarterback. Um, so I, I wouldn't be willing to spend the money it would take to keep Flacco and just because, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think we need it, which is tough to say after we just went through five, um, but... But I think it's just more of, of a distraction than, you know, beneficial, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and, and I that I agree with everything you just said because that was my viewpoint originally was we don't, we can't go down that path. You know, initially I was like you, is like, Joe, thank you. Thank you for coming in, saving our season, salvaging whatever scraps we had left and getting us to the playoffs. But uh, we kind of all know what this is. You know, it's like a one night stand kind of thing. Like we know what this is. <laughs> and, um, you know, the the last few days I've been thinking about it. And of course, this might change again. But at the moment, I've kind of flipped my stance on that because 
uh, like you, I was very concerned that it's the second, you know, the ink meets the paper with Joe Flacco and the Browns, half the fan base, anybody who doesn't like Deshaun Watson is going to say, we need Flacco. Flacco needs to be the starter and they're going to be calling for him. And I thought, we just need to avoid that at all costs, kind of like you said. And then I realized that, well, they were doing that with DTR in the preseason last year. And even if DTR is the backup entering next year, they're going to do it with him anyway. They're going to say, oh, DTR should probably be the starter. You know, Deshaun sucks. He's trash. He's no good. I mean, I hear it all. So it doesn't really matter. The more I thought about it, like whoever we signed to be the backup, whoever is the backup, that person's going to get called for by the by that portion of the fan base. Now, I understand what you're saying about the media and everything, and that's a whole nother issue. But, you know, as long as Joe Flacco would understand that he's in a backup role, and then he's, he's, that's what he wants. He wants to sign here because like you said, Deshaun Watson's the starter. Like no questions, no debate, you, whether you like him, hate him, whatever, he is the starter. So if Joe Flacco signs, he's like, yeah, I'm cool with being the backup. That's what I want to do. He signs that kind of a deal and it works out financially and everything. Internally, I don't see a problem. These guys are professionals. I think Deshaun Watson is a different mentality kind of quarterback than a guy like Baker Mayfield who would probably take that as a slight on him. I think Joe Flacco is a good enough, you know, a mature professional quarterback who understands this is my role. This is what I'm going to do. And internally, I don't see a problem. So God forbid anything would happen to Deshaun again. You know, at least we know the guy coming in after him is Joe Flacco and not, you know, insert below average journeyman shit show name here because there's so many of those floating around. And even if it was DTR, like... Joe Flacco's shown that he can step in and carry the offense in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski, so there would be that sense of security going into the season. So I don't know. That's sort of where I'm at now is the fans that don't want Deshaun are, are going to want whoever's back there. So yeah, if we ever get um, to the point where we need a backup, man. Yeah. But he, here's, here's the last thing I'll say on it. I'm not sure we're even going to have the option. Because I think Joe Flacco might just be like, hey, I won last run. That's what he did. And it just so happened that it ended in the first run of the poll. But you look at where Flacco's been the last few years, um, hasn't done anything of worth at all. Right. Like the Jets, um, I want to see, he was on the Broncos. And like, it just nothing. Like his career since leaving Baltimore has been little to nothing. And at his age... You know, like a story has been written many times. He was sitting on his couch, got the call to Cleveland, practice squad, and then took us to the playoffs. Like that is the story. But, um, you know, for Flacco, would you rather just go out like this? Would you rather just go out uh, taking a team that was decimated with injuries, a team that used to be your division rival to the playoffs, or would you come back for a year, sit the bench, whether for be or somewhere else, like? Why wouldn't Joe Flacco just be done? You know, that's the, if I'm Joe Flacco and I have my Super Bowl, I have Super Bowl MVP, I have, um, you know, one last ride going to the playoffs and kind of showing, hey, yes, I am a good quarterback. Personally, I'm done. Like, I, I would just be like, I'm out, you know, thankful well, for the opportunity. He's 39. Yes. He just turned 39 the other day. So yep. he's. He's no spring chicken. Uh, I forget. There was a graphic I saw on, uh, I think it was during the game, and it was quarterbacks age 38 and older that are actually still in the NFL, and I think it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. If I'm Flacco, I'm done. Like, I hate to say that, but I, I, I just think at this point, it's a non story as much as I hate to say it. Like, it's, it's obviously a story because of what he did for us, but at the same time, for him, per, is he planning on spending another three years in the NFL? But not. Um, you know, he got the taste of being at home with his family. Can't imagine that he would want to, you know, push that back to go play third string, second string for the Buccaneers. Like, that, it's just not happening. Yeah. So, I don't you're know. You're right. And you're talking, you know, training camp and preseason. And, you know, it's a long, it's a long grind for these NFL players. And, you know, their, their bodies aren't the only thing that limit them from being able to do it past a certain age. You know, when you're a young man in your 20s, that kind of lifestyle works. You know, not not just take just take the the body thing out of it. Like that kind of lifestyle works. But when you're older and you have a family, and then you throw on top of oh, my body can't really take this grueling beating all the time. That yeah, it's pretty easy to say. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. So I think you're right. I I wouldn't be surprised to see that he's hanging it up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back and say I wanted I wanted to see if I can get a starting job. Like he's a competitor. I. We saw with Tom Brady, some guys are just built different. So whatever, honestly, whatever happens to Joe Flacco, I'm not going to be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I think I could see all these paths playing out for him. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Browns fans, we've had some time now to come down off of that playoff loss. It's still super disappointing, but it was still an incredible season. And now we're heading into 2024, into the offseason, ready to refocus our sights on the ultimate goal. And as 2024 continues to unfold for you, now is the perfect time to refocus on yourself and that includes your mental health. Yes, I know there is still some stigma in society around mental health, but that is all nonsense. Your health, whether it's mind, body, or spiritual, is the most important thing. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, the most convenient talk therapy service can benefit you. It's 100% online and 100% on your time. Schedule whatever kind of session you're comfortable with face chat, voice call, or even text messaging. You can do any of those with your therapist whenever it fits your schedule. And you don't have to worry about not getting paired with the best therapist for you. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. There is no reason not to at least give BetterHelp a try today. And to help get you started, you can save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S. Consider this a trial period to see if talk therapy is even right for you. If it's not, just cancel. But if it is, Guys, it could change your life. What do you have to lose? Your mental health is critical. And if you've been considering talking to someone about anything in your life, no matter how big or how small it may seem, now is the time to take that first step. Head to betterhelp.com slash dogs to get 10% off your first month. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know, let's talk about your reaction to seeing the news that, you know, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt has been let go by the Browns and Stump Mitchell and the tight end coach T.C. McCartney. It's kind of surprising, right? I um, I mean, I guess there's parts of it. Um, like with Stump Mitchell, I'm very surprised. Um, he's a guy that's kind of regarded in the league as like he's the running back whisperer. By all regards, he's like one of the best running back coaches that a team can get. Um, it stings because well, we've never met him personally. Super nice yeah. guy, super humble guy, great, great guy. I want him, wish him nothing but the best. I mean, like. Just a really a great guy. Can't say enough about him. But um, I was surprised about that. Um, you know, like when you sit back and reflect on the season, you go, you know, you lose your best running back week two. You lose your your all star guy. You're you're all pro. He's gone at the beginning of the season, and then uh, you know you're left with um, Jerome Ford, and we bring in Kareem Hunt and uh, trade for Pierre Strong. Um, I guess in in some regards, some of it, I guess I can like you know, put two and two together. I feel like Ford kind of struggled to develop as, you know, maybe as like vision. We, that's something we questioned all year. We said, you know, like he's having trouble. My, my biggest thing that I watch Jerome Ford is I'm like, man, I think he's great. He just, he, it's like, he just never makes the cut. I feel like he's always running horizontally along the line and he just never makes the cut or shoots for the gap. Um, in space, he's insane. I like the kid is electric when you like, you get him out in space. That's why I love him running routes. I, right. If he could be like our Duke Johnson from uh, you know years and years ago. If you're a, a newer Browns fan, you probably don't know this man, but Duke Johnson, he was third down. It was you knew what you were going to get. He was going to catch a little slant and cut him loose. But um, That's true. So that part, I guess there's things that you know I understand with it, but I at the same sense, I go, you know, what, what do you expect? What do you want the guy to do? You know, like you're down, you're down your best player. So I, I understand that one. Alex Van Pelt, this is me. I'm not linked in with the Browns organization, but for, for years now I've been going, so what exactly does Alex Van Pelt do? (laughs) I know, I know you read about him and people are like, you know, he's this young offensive mind and he's great. And, but to me, I'm like, well, he's not playing calling plays, you know, like, I guess he did scheme, for a bunch of different quarterbacks this year and like different injuries and stuff like that. So whether that's him or coach, you know, we don't know that honestly, like as fans, it's hard to tell what's coach, what's AVP, what's his role. Um, if, if I don't know what this means moving forward for Kevin Stefanski, is this saying, Hey, maybe this is a changing of guard. Maybe he gives up play calling. Maybe we bring in a young offensive I mean look what's going on in Detroit and some of these other teams where you have you know even like a Shane Steichen last year with uh you know the Eagles get these young coaches in and they kind of they get it cooking and you see what they're doing now um so maybe this is an opportunity to bring in a young guy um I haven't really looked at you know some of the names that are getting tossed around with Cleveland yet as far as who could be coming in or not but um that's the way I see it tight end coach Another like kind of surprising thing for me, you look at like David Njoku's growth, you know, from beginning to the end, he's always been a great blocker. We've always, you know, thought, man, this guy, I think he's one of the best, you know, blocking tight ends in the league. And then, you know, he really kind of came alive, you know, the last, I would say 
six weeks. He's his drops have you know been better. I know you'll still hear fans say you know that he his drops are terrible, but I I was surprised. I honestly was surprised. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something coming here that we don't know about. Maybe it's just very surprising. I felt like for a team that survived all these injuries and overcame all these different things and was able to still overcome and get to 11 wins. And it wasn't like the offense was not a part of it. I mean, the team, we always like to say the strength was the defense, you know, but there's a lot of games where the offense had to handle business, at least make a drive to set, you know, DP up or I'm sorry, uh, Hopkins up for a uh, game winning field goal or go ahead field goals. So it's just, uh, it was kind of surprising news, news I didn't expect to hear today. I felt like this was the kind of thing I would hear five years ago, like, hey, we're shaking things up and we're we're going to start over kind of again as far as the coaching staff. So I don't know how you guys felt. I haven't gotten to listen to UNDF's complete views on it, but it was kind of surprising on my end. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying too. And one thing that I did say when I was talking to Derek was, you know, I, I think that there's so much trauma as Browns fans. As soon as you see the team making any sort of coaching moves, yeah. you just kind of revert back to that, like, repressed, oh my gosh, we're we're tearing it down to the studs, we're rebuilding, we're starting, starting over. over. We're stepping back, yep, exactly. And, you know, these are position coaches. You know, the <clears throat> where it really matters, where you need consistency with your team, the front office, and the head coach, everything's still in place. You know what I mean? Yep. It's all yep. still there. And we've been talking for years now, and especially this year, how the offense has just gotten kind of mundane. You know, yeah. It's just kind of boring, a stale, little bit predictable, yeah. stale. Yeah. And yeah. I think that this is a good move. I, for me, anyway, this this signals like positive news for me. I'm like, cool. The Browns just got, you know, beat in the playoffs, and they look at this season saying, okay, we're ready to build off of this. Let's make some very necessary moves to get better and get back to the playoffs next year. They don't want to just stay the same. And yeah. so anything they can do to improve. And I think, you know, we we talked about how Kevin, I still think he should be coach of the year. I mean, he's an incredible yeah. head coach. But to get like a young, offensive, genius, you know, specialist kind of consultant type guy in here, he doesn't even have to be the OC. Or he could be the OC, but just do what Van Pelt did. We just need fresh schemes and game plans and ideas and all that kind of stuff in that room something that crossed my mind also is you know the last i would say year and a half we've kind of been at this thing where we're like does kevin's offense really mesh well with deshaun watson is this an opportunity to yes. maybe bring in a guy that will take deshaun watson's strengths and run with it I, that's that's one thing I've been so surprised about that. At least they couldn't even meet in the middle, it seemed like, from the outside. This is just a fan's perspective. From the outside, I felt like it was just two different styles and we could never get on the same page. And then you see Flacco come in and it it was almost like this perfect marriage with, you know, Stefanski as far as like timing and everything, like timing-based offense. So is this, to me, I, say, I look at it as maybe this is an opportunity to bring in a guy that We'll look at what Watson does best and go, okay, well, hey, this is what you was successful for you in Houston. Let's take all the strengths out of this and run with it and see what we can do. Do you remember when me and Blake did the episode with Jake Burns back during the bye yes. weeks? Yes. So he had t we, we asked him all these questions about the offense and Kevin and everything, and he said what the problem is is Kevin is running a more antiquated outdated. offense. Yeah, it's outdated. Okay. So it was yeah. really popular – or I shouldn't say popular, like it was new a while ago. And when it yeah. first came in and, you know, 
the offensive minds were adapting to it and implementing it, it was working well. And the things that it was designed to do well could exploit defenses because they didn't know how to stop it. But now years and years and years later, defenses have caught up to it. They've adjusted. They've adapted. And now, in order for the things that this offense does well, in order for that to happen, like you have to execute it almost flawlessly. You really, really do. And we saw it this year with poor execution doesn't work. And I think you said that and just kind of hit me in the head that, you know, I don't know what kind of offense Deshaun Watson is used to running through Clemson and then Houston, but he's Mm -hmm. a younger quarterback still. You know what I mean? He's been thrown into the NFL and into the pros, probably in a more updated system, a more updated style where Kevin's running this older style offense and look who stepped in and executed it well. An older quarterback who probably has experience over years and years and years with these types of schemes and philosophies. So that might also be a reason why Joe Flacco was able to step in and just take it and go. Right. Right. You know, I hadn't really thought about that before. That that was just my that was something that crossed my mind while I'm reading the news this morning and I'm going, man, I'm just so a little confusing. But I mean, the opportunity, the idea is great. Now, like what you're gonna see over the next few days is Outside uh, Cleveland Browns fans, anti-Cleveland Browns fans, and even like that 50% of Cleveland Browns fans that just don't like the Browns. I don't know what your guys' deal is, but you're going to (laughs) see, oh, this is typical Browns being the Browns. Burn it down when there's nothing to burn. So for me, I'm trying to take the positives out of this, and I'm trying to see what... There's always a long-term goal, right? It's not like they woke up today and they just called these guys in. They're like, hey, we're moving forward. This... I'm guessing that this is something that's been talked about pre-playoffs. You know, this uh, obviously, I never would have thought Stump was even like hot seat material. I just figured, hey, you know, next year you get Chubb back and you're good to go. But um, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it more like if they're if they're bringing in a new offensive-minded guy with different, like a new OC. He's yeah. probably going to want bringing his own guys. He's probably going to bring in his own yeah, traditional guys. So own, this yeah. just makes I don't I don't necessarily think it's an indictment on Stump's performance as a right. coach. I just think it's like, hey man, sorry, like we're we're going to roll the new team in here. And I I don't know. I the, what I've seen from the Andrew Barry Kevin Stefanski era is they never get complacent. They never get content. Every year they're always looking to make moves to improve. And that's yeah. just how I view this. I just. I see it as, okay, this isn't working anymore with AVP. And I did just see actually that the reports came out that they tried to work a deal with AVP. Like they just wanted to reassign him to a different role. Right. They're like, are you open to that? And essentially they just couldn't agree. And he, he decided it just wasn't for him. He wanted to move on. I think he wants to be an OC. So good for him. Uh, I mean, I get that. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to take a, a demotion at work. Then, you know, I, so I get, especially there's going to be some positions open. I mean, who knows what's, he might stay in division, you know, like, Bengals uh, offensive coordinators interviewing for the Tennessee job. Pittsburgh, I think they're still trying to figure out their offense, you know, as far as what they want to be identity-wise and like what they want to do. So yep. I wouldn't – it's not like there's not jobs available. I mean, there's jobs available probably in the AFC North. So makes sense. I get it. Yep, for sure. So, you know, all in all, I think – I don't I don't see any reason to freak out about it or think that this is – the sky yeah. is falling. I, I – Honestly, surprising like said, it was surprising surprising uh, i wasn't but again wasn't what i expected this morning hey, but you know good good for them you know if they if they have a plan of attack and they want to execute it and get things rolling yeah. for 24 start now don't wait right. around and you know beat around the bush let's get this thing moving we got stuff to do 
We got stuff to Agreed. Agreed. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, if you missed out on the 50% site-wide sale at Omaha Steaks, guys, what were you thinking? Come on, the deal of a lifetime just slipped you by. All kidding aside, luckily for all the listeners of this show for a limited time, you can now go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and you'll receive four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free, rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. So now's the perfect time to go load up for the winter with Omaha's selection of steaks, including butcher's cut filet mignons, bacon wrap filet mignons, the top sirloin steaks, which are my favorite, but man, I got to tell you guys, those bacon wrap filets, those are something else. Throw in some Omaha steak burgers, jumbo frank, seafood, ready to eat meals, desserts, whatever you want. Just make sure you go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs so you can get those eight additional free items added to your order. The four boneless chicken breasts and the four pork chops. Believe me, I've tried them all. I've got the chicken and pork chops in my freezer right now. The pork chops are actually reserved for my solo dinners because my fiance doesn't eat pork. So, you know, when she's working, it's pork chop time for Josh. And they're so juicy and tender, they practically fall apart. I seriously don't know how long this offer is going to be available because Omaha said it won't last long. But just go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and score those eight free additional items with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. The very last game of the weekend, which... We'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Sorry, Devontae. Went to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers and got their asses handed to them on whatever kind of platter you want to call it. I don't care. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for the Eagles, man. It was, they didn't, this is a team that, you know, partway through the season, you know, you look at the, the teams in the NFL and you just kind of project ahead and you say, okay, I think top teams right now, 49ers. Ravens, Philly, Cowboys, Eagles, and Eagles yeah. might go in between. You know any of those? They could have been one. Yeah, and I agree. It was. I mean, yeah, they didn't have AJ Brown. Defense hasn't been that great this season, but overall, the the whole team just looked like garbage. Oh, what happened? Like to me, is that's like one of the. So I wasn't as shocked by this game because everything led up to this. If you read the tea leaves, it was like, this is going to happen. Yeah. This is, they, they've they been extremely dysfunctional. I mean, they started 10 and one and lost, what, seven of the last eight? I, I think mean, so. it was something yeah. along those lines. It was that bad of a losing streak. Six, maybe, because um, they were 11. And it was six. a six. Okay. Yeah. So just very, very surprising. Like for a team that looked dominant at the beginning, um, and look like they're just going to be running right back to the Super Bowl, you know, depending on what happened with the Niners, like running back in the NFC championship. Um, super surprising. And then it just seems like such a dysfunctional locker room right now. Like, I don't I don't follow the Eagles. Um, I've got a couple fans, like friends that are uh, Eagles fans, but like just some of the noise that's coming out where you have player-only meetings and, you know, like A.J. Brown's taking all of his stuff off of his social media that's Eagles-related um Jalen Hurts is rolling in there with like a swan finger like it just like it couldn't all the things fell apart all at the right time their defense which was historically good last year they had I want to say second most sacks in NFL history for a season something crazy like that they were historically bad they got gashed up and down the field we talked about I want to say it was Blake he was like the Giants just walked up and down the field on them in that week 17 game where you know and we were just so 
it was so surprising. Now for Tampa Bay, credit to them. They they look great. I watched uh, a good portion of that game. Good for Baker. You know what I mean? Like he came in, he performed. He he, he missed some throws. He made some throws. He's got some nice. There's some nice pieces on that team. You know, Mike Evans is just continues to do Mike Evans stuff, and he's uh, underrated receiver for what he all does for what he does. But um, and then you know, they just came in, punched him in the mouth. It was at home, and that was it. But Eagle fans, maybe I'm I'm confused. What's going on with your team? <laughs> you, you got you on paper. You guys have one of the one of the best rosters in the NFL. For sure, one of the best offensive lines, you know, going into this. They that's a a great offensive line. The weapons you have one of the best receivers, you have one of the best young receivers, another like top ten, top fifteen guy easy in Devontae Smith, a great running back, a top ten tight end. Like I just I don't understand what happened. And then there's all these good young pieces on defense mixed with veterans that are yeah. good. So I just, it's so surprising. I don't know if the loss of Shane Steichen and uh, Jonathan Gannon going to two different, you know, hey, coaching spots and Colts and Cardinals respectively, maybe Nick Sirianni isn't as great as we thought he was because last year everybody crowned him. And well, man, that was, that was crazy. And it kind of ties into what you're seeing Cleveland doing, you know, getting rid of Alex Van Pelt and trying to upgrade that OC position. I mean, your head coach, your head coach can do a lot. We saw that this year with the Browns. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski really rallying the troops and, and you know encouraging and leading this team through the season to the playoffs. But you really do need a strong supporting crew beneath you. And you're right. It's not like the, the Eagles last year said, well, things aren't working so well on offense. We need to let Steichen go or defense isn't going so well. We need to let Gannon go. Those guys both got hired away. Right. So exactly. they lost them unwillingly. And I think we've, Blake said it many times this year that losing those guys seems to really be impacting this team. For sure. Big time. Yeah. Uh, offensively, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like Indianapolis looked pretty damn good this year. They, for, for a team that was fringe playoffs with, they lost their young starting quarterback prospect who he looked pretty damn good. He wouldn't, he was more of a runner than anything, you know, from what we saw. But he looked all right. He looked like they they've got something okay there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just it, that one was very very surprising to me. I I I figured I saw it happening like leading up to the game, and I thought like that was the smart pick was to go Tampa Bay because it just felt like there was just so much noise and extra stuff coming into that week for them. Um, but I was just like, man, they're very talented. Like, I just, I'd be surprised if it actually went down. And then they got dropped. Like, it was, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't close. Like, I felt like Tampa Bay kind of got ahead and like, it never really was close after that. No, no, it was a blowout. So, yeah. Well, we weren't, we weren't the only ones, apparently. No, actually, like I said, there was really only one close game. Everything else was pretty, pretty well decided by uh, the winning team. Yeah. So this weekend, this is divisional round Saturday at 4.30. You've got the Texans. C.J. Stroud and the Texans heading to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That one, like I said, 4.30. And then the night game on Saturday, 8.15, the Packers that just stunned the Cowboys and that awesome Cowboys defense are going into 49ers in San Francisco. Can they do it again? Can they go 
on the road again into another dominant defense. And I mean, the 49ers have a great offense too. So yeah, it, it's a similar story. They're pretty well-rounded, you know, they're, they're well-rounded for sure. Um, I would be, I would be very surprised if Green Bay pulled it off again. I just feel like 49ers just kind of different. They, they've got elite players on in all aspects of their game. They're a tough physical team and they have been for a while. Um, we've seen if you can get some pressure on Brock Purdy, you know, he kind of becomes a little more human and not MVP Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I just don't see that one. I think that, you know, maybe it's close. I think the line right now is like nine and a half, ten and a half, or something like that. It's pretty nine. It's pretty surprising. Yeah. So um I just picking if I had to pick a team, I would say San Francisco. I don't think it'll be like a huge, huge blowout. Um, I think Green Bay can stick around with them for a little bit, but I I'd be very surprised if they if they upset San Francisco, man. They 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 might be a dark horse. I mean, they're already legit shot. They're already at there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the lines this week. So uh Houston, Baltimore, the line is nine. Packers, 49ers, yeah. nine. The Buccaneers now are traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. That one's at six and a half. And then the Chiefs and Bills is the the three point spread. So that one's a close game, which yep. I think it will be. I think that one's gonna be exciting. For sure. Of course, that's the the cap of the weekend. That's yeah. The, you know, the bell of the ball, 6.30 p.m. Smart. Sunday night. Smart. Oh, of course, it's smart. Yeah, the NFL, yep. they, they know how to make their money. Yeah. Um, Sunday at 3 is the, the afternoon game is Buccaneers-Lions. So, you think Baker goes in with the Bucks and uh, takes care of the Lions? Is he moving on to the NFC Championship? Uh, no hate here. I, I don't think so. I don't. I I think that Detroit, I think Detroit is going to do it again. And uh, I could be wrong. I'm going way back in memory here. I believe they played like week five or six. And I want to say that Detroit won that game pretty soundly. Okay. I could be completely wrong here <laughs> and messing it up, uh, mixing things up. But um, so to me, I just, I think it's going to be Detroit in the NFC championship game. And I don't think it's going to be necessarily on Baker. Like he's going to go out there and throw like two or three interceptions I just think that like Detroit's just they're a better team. I exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not hating or anything like that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing being anti Baker bro stuff here. I'm just. I I just think that Detroit is a very good team and they're very well rounded. And I that's the team that I think comes out. On no, that. I mean you know to to speak to Baker. I mean they're not the Tampa Bay Baker Nears. They are the Buccaneers. Yeah, you know right. The the line he doesn't play defense. You know, the Buccaneers still had to go out and play defense against the Eagles, shut them down and everything. Now, take nothing away. Baker had a very good game. He played very well yeah. in that game, led them to that victory. But football is a team sport, and the Buccaneers this year have been so up and down. They've been – they look good one game, and then they look like garbage another. The Lions just look pretty sound all around pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. They're very consistent. You know, of course, nobody's undefeated in the NFL, but right. as far as consistency goes, I think the Lions have that. They're just, like you said, well-rounded. Yeah. I think yep. it's going to be good. So, the uh, the last one, really, I mean, you think the Texans go in and beat the Ravens? Because I got to tell you what, Ravens fans are just about as dumb as Steeler fans because 
they're talking a lot of trash to Browns fans. And it's like, you guys do realize yeah. now you have to play them. Why don't you, why don't you just wait till the game is over and then you can talk your shit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now if you lose, you got to block us because we're coming after you. So they played week one, if I'm not wrong, if yes. I'm, if I'm correct here, 25, to nine or seven or something like that. It was CJ Stroud's first game. I, I want to say that the, like Baltimore starters are coming off of like weeks of rest, right? Two, three weeks, something like that. Cause they've had the bye week. Now they rested their starters week 18. Um, so to me, I don't think they're going to be rusty. I think that they're, they're very physical. Um, when we talk about like well-rounded, they, they're going to be fine. I think I'm curious though, in this game, cause I could like, would it surprise me if Stroud came out and like, one off not really like I feel like that's just kind of his thing right now like and I, I think the more you disrespect him and that team the more chippy they get but that's a tall ass to go into Baltimore into that stadium and they're say what you want Baltimore is a top-notch they're they're one of the elite teams in the NFL this year Lamar is playing really really well um I think Baltimore wins this game, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be a close game, but um, I think Baltimore wins. Both of these teams have, they're not the same. Neither of them are the same that faced the other one in week one. These teams have both improved significantly through the year. I mean, the Ravens' new offense and everything took a long time to really get going, but it has. And, yes. you know, with Houston, we know what that story is all about. I mean, C.J. Stroud has just evolved into this superstar already, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So, yeah, I I think this will be a lot closer game than Ravens fans are willing to admit, out loud at mm-hmm. least. But I, this is going to be some good football this week, and I'm pretty excited. I agree. I agree. And who do you uh, – I guess they top it off real quick. Who do you got? Kansas City, Buffalo. Uh, I just got to take Kansas City. I'm going to go Buffalo. Okay. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think, is 2-0, and I think, against Josh Allen in the playoffs. I think that... Allen's due. I think, it, well, it's finally going to Buffalo. Yeah. You know, I think it's finally Buffalo's turn to host. Um, but I expect that to be an excellent game. I, uh, It's, you know, as advertised, I would hope. Because the last few times that those guys have met up, legendary classic playoff games the one where they went what 13 seconds and down the field yeah was that two years ago that was like one of the craziest games i've ever watched um and thought it was over multiple times for both teams like you know and kansas city ended up winning the super bowl i believe um or is that the year they won against tampa bay i can't remember now my years are all mixed up but i want to say they went on the wooden super bowl that year but i could be wrong no i don't think they did but is that the year they ran into Tom? I think so. Okay. All right. I don't know. Very My years are all mixed up too. I, always, I know. I man. always get screwed. I just, Especially when these teams just make this. it every year. Right. Right. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Josh Allen go, you know, at least have a shot at it and then set up for, I mean, regardless, the final matchups in the, the conference championships are going to be excellent. Yes. A lot of good teams left. Yep. A lot of good teams, a lot of good games. So.
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.